Welcome to Sane Split, a podcast about staying sane when relationships end. I am AJ Jakubowska, family law lawyer and mediator. Just like you, I'm human. I understand what can happen when people separate. Lots of questions swirling around like confetti. Lots of uncertainty, perhaps anger, disappointment, or even pain. Sleepless nights, shallow breathing. Will I ever be happy again? Will the kids be okay? How much is all this going to cost? All of these questions are human and you're not alone. This podcast features my thoughts about separation and my interviews with other humans who help people when their relationships end. People who assist with legal issues, who mediate, who look after hearts and minds, and even after the pocketbook. People who might help you plan your future. What you will hear is not legal advice. These are dialogues primarily about the human aspect of separation. We will try to stay away from legal lingo. It's humans talking to humans. I hope that something you hear will help you navigate your way to a sane split. Welcome and thanks for tuning in. I am recording this episode in my loft office. If you hear a gentle hum, it's the sound of raindrops on the roof. I recently came across a quote from Mark Twain, and it has now joined several others in my collection of favorite quotes. Here it goes. Comparison is the death of joy. Brief and to the point, so eloquent. I take this opportunity to sincerely thank all the followers of the podcast. You make this effort worthwhile. Thank you all. If you are enjoying what you hear, please rate and review the podcast on your favorite app. By doing so, you may be helping someone else find their way to a saint split. And now to the topic at hand. Human beings yearn for homeostasis, for balance in their everyday lives. For those hearing the word for the first time, it's defined as a self-regulating process by which biological systems maintain stability while adjusting to changing external conditions. This stability is essential to our physical and mental well-being. And when we are off balance, our system comes under strain, which can manifest in a variety of ways, both obvious and not so obvious. This imbalance, in turn, can over time negatively affect our ability to process information to make effective decisions, and at the most basic level, meet our own physical and psychological needs and those of others. Most of us thrive on predictability so that we can function day to day based on patterns, expected behavior, and expected outcomes. We look for patterns to help us with our relationships, to assist us in coping with our emotions and so on. All the stuff of daily life. 
I believe that most human beings look for the middle way, a phrase I'm borrowing from Buddhism. Just the right balance of this and that in life, where sorrow and hardship do not outweigh happiness and joy. There is overall balance in everything. Separation brings with it a suspension of norms. The day after the separation is not like the day before, because the end of a relationship brings with it entirely new variables and challenges, a new reality that often has to be built from scratch with no app to help you out, no manual on how to be separated. Much of the time, the person facing separation is encountering these new variables for the first time in their life. They are expected to adapt quickly and they feel that they must hit the ground running. All of a sudden, much of what was familiar and predictable goes out the window. I've talked in previous episodes about how my clients over the years have described separation, how they experienced it as unique human beings. One person talked about walking on cracked ice and feeling they were going to fall through at any moment. Another talked about being in large rooms with multiple doors, all shut, so she wasn't able to see what's behind them. She was faced with the choice of walking through only one door at a time. She found this very distressing and overwhelming, and not surprisingly so. Because separation can be such a very complex experience involving so many variables, emotional, psychological, financial, and yes, even physical, many people manifest stress in physical ways. It can feel like you are expected to play a game, one you have never played before. You have a general idea of some of the rules, but are not sure, not entirely sure. And you know that there will be an element of learning as you go along. There is no time to prepare. You don't get a practice run. The game board is essentially placed in front of you and you need to make the first move quickly. Often make very quick decisions about the next move. And in the meantime, deal with the stress of the very fact that you have to play this game in the first place. If you are feeling any of the things I have identified so far, you are not alone and you deserve compassion. You deserve to be supported and you should turn to your support network for help. I did a previous episode on mighty supportive relationships, and you might find that helpful. Do not ignore the way you feel and simply plow through what is in front of you. You will be more effective, more strategic, wiser, and more thoughtful if you deal with the emotional aspect of separation as well. If you take care of you, it's important. 
People experiencing the end of a relationship often tell me that much of their stress comes from not knowing what comes next. What comes next? This is a question I have heard many, many times before. This is recognition that it's not the same old normal and that it may be some time before you're able to return to homeostasis, to balance. I'm going to give you some tips on how to handle the situation, how to work toward returning to optimal function. The reality is that separation seldom involves a quick adjustment and off you go into your new reality, leaving the past behind in the dust, so to speak. In the majority of situations, it is a period of adjustment. The length depends on the individual, on the circumstances of the separation, on many other factors I will not go into here. But the bottom line message is that there are no quick fixes, no magical potion to take to make things better overnight. It's a process, sometimes a lengthy one. But there are steps you can take along the way to help you regain some footing, to reduce the number of those sleepless nights as time goes on. Here are my tips. Number one, don't think you need to be Superman or Superwoman. No one expects that of you, so there is no need to put such pressure on yourself. You are human, first and foremost. You have just experienced an event in your life which ranks, along with grief from death, among the most impactful events a human can experience. It's okay to admit you don't know what happens next. It's important to identify that that is one of the things that's stressing you out and then to get help. Number two, consider carefully where to get this help. Information on what happens next, the next steps, how to take them calmly, wisely, strategically. You have a number of options here, some better, some not ideal. When you are selecting your source of information, your guide on the next steps, ask yourself the following questions. Is this source of information reliable? In other words, is the entity providing me with this information actually qualified to give it? Let's take the internet as an example, one of my favorite subjects to write and talk about in the context of separation. The internet is a fixture in our lives in 2021, whether we like it or not. Many, many people get most of their information from the internet about where to shop, what to shop for, about service providers, about health issues, scary stuff, I know, but it's the reality today. What many people do not consider is the fact that the internet is unregulated. Here I mean anyone can post anything about anything, literally. I can create a website tomorrow about installing Windows, a topic about which I know nothing. And I would just make things up. 
and a casual reader of the website would simply have no idea that I am writing on this subject without any training, experience, or skill in the field. If you turn to an unreliable source of information on issues as important as your separation journey and your next steps, you risk being misinformed, and that can cause greater grief to you than the unknown itself. Here is another question you may want to ask. Does this source of information take into account the unique circumstances of my case? In other words, does this information apply to me and my life? On the last episode of the podcast, I talked about the pitfalls of comparing your case to anecdotal evidence, information about what might have happened in another. In the case of your coworker or your neighbor, for example, strictly speaking, no two family law cases are alike. Yes, there are patterns, but you would really be doing yourself a disservice if you designed the next steps in your life, some steps which potentially have lifelong long-lasting impact on you and your children based simply on what happened to somebody else. Tip number three. When thinking about next steps, thinking about all the things that might be around the corner, things you're not sure about, when all that becomes overwhelming, create categories of steps. This might help you turn them into more manageable chunks. What are the big steps going forward you need to worry about? Here are some examples. Where you will live after the matrimonial home is sold. But if that is not happening for the next few months at least, it's a longer term decision, a large one, but longer term. In other words, you do not need to make that decision tomorrow. Here is another example, whether you will stay in your current job or take that promotion to another department, the one your boss talked about before, if and when it becomes available. Again, this is a long-term decision and may be impacted by other things happening in your case. You do not need to spend too much time worrying about it today because the promotion is not even available at the moment. So you can put these types of steps to be taken in their own category, longer term, impactful, but longer term and not requiring immediate attention. Now, let's consider decisions, steps that might involve shorter term focus. Here are some examples. Whether to start a court case or keep negotiating whether to move out of the matrimonial home because the atmosphere there is becoming toxic, whether to start communicating with the other parent in writing only because the exchanges are becoming problematic and you need to have some paper evidence of what is being said. These are short-term decisions. And yes, you may be wondering, A, 
whether to take the step, B, when to do it, and C, how to do it. Let's take the last example and pull the thread a little. Here are some more detailed questions you might ask yourself. Will insisting on communicating in writing only negatively impact my case about the children living primarily with me? Or put another way, can the other parent use this against me? Here's another question. What do I do if he or she calls my phone? Do I just ignore the call? What if the calls continue over and over again? How do I let the other side know I am not prepared to speak in person at this point? Do I send them an email, a text? Yes, you can ask a friend who is also separated what happened in her case, how she handled that situation. But again, you run the risk that somewhere along the way, her case is different than yours. And you may not even know that detail. So using it as a guide for your next steps may not make sense. So again, to manage the imbalance you are feeling, the quicksand under your feet feeling you may be experiencing, organize and categorize the issues that are causing you stress and anxiety if they are next steps. Put them in short-term and long-term boxes. And you might ask if you're stressed about a particular issue, is this a decision I can likely make on my own? Or is it one with which I need more help from a more reliable source of information and guidance? And here's my last tip. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll likely know what's coming. And here it is. Get legal advice. We family law lawyers are trained to advise you about next steps, to tell you about potential consequences of taking them. We are trained at giving you options, at guiding you through the actual steps you decide to take. More senior family law lawyers have been around the block longer, so to speak. So we have seen more scenarios along the way have more experience with various potential steps and their outcomes. And when I say senior, I don't mean by age, I mean by length of practice. But I would never suggest that you should never go to a less experienced lawyer. We were all new lawyers once. You can get excellent service from someone who has been in practice for a shorter period of time. The key is to understand what types of issues require what level of experience. If you are the beneficiary of a trust or if your child has been abducted, you will want someone who has solid experience in those areas because they're complex. But my overall point is the following. If you want to reduce your stress about the next steps, If you want actual guidance, informed guidance on what to do next, get that information from someone who is trained in this field and qualified to give you that advice. If you cannot afford to retain a lawyer, meaning have them stick around through your entire case, then at least have a consultation with a lawyer. It's very important. 
Trust me when I say that things look bleakest and scariest in the middle of the night when you're trying to find that button to turn off your worrying and desperately counting those sheep. Information is power. I firmly believe that. And not just power. It's a stress reducer. In this instance, stress that comes from the unknown. Not being sure what to do next. What the next steps are. Inform yourself from the right sources of the information you need. Information will help your system move closer to homeostasis, that state of balance you need and yearn for. Because managing the unknown and your stress is one of the keys to a sane split. Thank you for listening. I hope you will tune in again. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me through my website, separationinontario.com. Subscribing to the podcast through your favorite app will make future episodes available to you automatically. Signing off for now.